Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jordan Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Every win is a confidence builder. They're all special in different ways. We've been banged up this year, but other teams have as well. So we had a lot of guys uh, who we'd love to come back this week. Next week obviously gives them, you know, an extra extra three days. So not sure what the status of uh, a couple of those guys is going to be, you know, Preston and uh, Marquez and, and Dave. But it would be great to get those guys back. Uh, but we got to go with what we have on Thursday. That is Aaron Rodgers, Packers, Cardinals tonight on ESPN 690. You can watch it on Fox 30 as well. Should be a fantastic football game. I think I, think I saw a stat. First time since, like, 1934 teams have met this late in the season hmm. with a combined loss of one. If I saw that right, it was like a Thanksgiving Day meeting between, I, I don't even remember the teams, but somebody was like 12-0, and 0, somebody was 11-1, and, and 1, I think. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, so pretty. I mean, I, I, it doesn't seem like that crazy to be six and one, seven zero. But maybe it really showcases how bad the Thursday night football games have been. <laughs> you know, this is true. Lineup. This is very true. Uh, so we got a good one, but obviously it comes with a little bit of a, an asterisk. When you lose this many receivers for Green Bay, you have to wonder uh, how will they perform. I, I like the Cardinals tonight, this game most likely, uh, unless you talk me out of it. But the line is interesting. The over-under is interesting. And uh, we have our picks coming up in just a little bit. The uh, Aaron Rodgers, listen to him talk right there, is I thought about this last week. I forget who he was with. What, what, what did Green Bay play? They play like Sunday afternoon? Last, last week? week? They played yeah. Sunday at 1 against the football team right here on ESPN 690. Oh, they did. <laughs> uh, I was watching on TV, and I saw the postgame interview, I think. And I uh, forget who he was with. I think it's Pam Oliver. And it sounded Maybe. like he said, like, uh, at the end of the interview, love you. <laughs> and she oh, said, he? love you, too. Nice. Did you catch that? No, I like, didn't. I saw Taylor Heineke jump in the stands and then <laughs> the, the ball get called back and then blow it on fourth down or whatever that was. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Saw too. that part. Yeah, I, that didn't see him, I didn't see him say that, though. Aaron yeah, it, he said something like, uh, you know, you ever do that, by the way, like, uh, or, or come close to doing that on the phone with somebody that, like, isn't your wife or, or your mom or something like that? <laughs> Come close to saying, love you. <laughs> it's um, like usually the goodbye. Yeah. I feel like I have done that. Really? I, that's I've what done I kind it. of. You've done that's it? That's what I yeah. feel like. You said I love you to some random person? <laughs> well, yeah. Like yeah. someone calling about, like, your, you know, whatever your car's warranty. You tell yeah. me you love them? Yeah, I've done it. it just, on one time, I was like, ah, crap. Okay. Yeah, like, like you maybe I just talked to your mom, like, an hour before or something, and you end your conversation with mom, like, hey, I love you, mom, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, like, your last line. And then you're just not, like, paying attention. You're kind of hanging up, and you're like, I, yeah. I haven't done it physically, but I've caught myself, like, I think I almost just said love you to somebody, whoever I was talking to at the moment. Well, I kind of felt like that's what Aaron Rodgers did the other day. I got gotcha. you. Like, and, no. and I don't, like, he certainly didn't say love you to Pam Oliver like he was, like, hitting on her. Okay? Yeah, I'm no, for sure. That. But, and she she caught it because she was like, love you too. <laughs> Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, shout out to Pam Oliver then for, you know, obviously witty and, and on top of her game. I guess it's kind of like when I go through the drive-thru and they say, you know, enjoy your meal. I go, thank you, you too. And it's like, well, Oh, uh, I'm an idiot because yes. you're probably not going to eat the, the meal that you're working. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, and, and I can get that. Or at the airport, I say, have a good flight. Yeah, you yep. too. Hey, yeah, well, thank I'm you, you too. I'm still working here. Yes, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly it, though. That's my yes. point. And, and what I was going to say about Aaron Rodgers, too, 
is I feel like he has become like the interview. But he is he's a great interview. Um, I don't know if I felt like that last year or two years ago, but ever since like that press conference where he just unloaded everything, it was a great press conference. Uh, he goes on with McAfee a lot. Uh, even again in the post game interview last week, I thought he was just so matter of fact. He's like, yeah, you know, we're six and one. We're really haven't played that great offensively. It doesn't always look pretty, but hey, we'll take six and one. You know, he just kind of says stuff, not just the PC way all the time, not like what you would expect like a coach to say or a veteran quarterback where we've gotten very comfortable to guys like Brady and Manning after games. He really just kind of says it how it is. And and I think he's a very refreshing interview right now, uh, whether he says lovey at the end of it or not. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, if this truly is the last dance for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's going out his way. And it's almost like somebody told him this year, which they should have told him like five years ago, like, hey, man, you're one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And, like, this team values you. And this team should, you know, be thankful for all you've contributed to the organization. And, like, it just seems like he, he knows where he stands now. And I guess I, I get the sense in the, in, the, in the last couple of years, you know, he didn't kind of have this demeanor. And you wish he would have because he is that great of a player. He is that big of an influence on that team. And, and for whatever reason, whether it was a falling out with, you know, ownership or the GM, whatever the case may be, you just got the sense that he never truly got to be himself. And this is kind of the Aaron Rodgers that you're seeing now is this year. Yeah, thank you. Love it. Love you too. Nice, Casey. Yeah, thank you. Love it. Love you too. Dang. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I thought that that didn't get a lot of play, at least where I was watching on Twitter or anything. I was a little surprised that didn't become more of a thing. Um, it was, you know, but you just said something interesting. And, and as you're saying it, I'm like thinking, we have had so many conversations over the last, let's just say, two years, where we have said, even since you stopped playing in the NFL, the, the athlete has changed. The athlete is different. The branding is so important. The power of the athlete uh, is different on and off the field. And I'm not like Manning and Brady and guys like Rodgers have seemingly had a lot of power and influence anyway for years. But doesn't it feel like we're like when we say the player is changing, we kind of say it from a young player perspective. We said the new guy coming in the league, the young star coming in the league. Well, the two most different athletes that we might have right now in the NFL from what we used to know to right now is actually Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, those guys have changed for different reasons. But to you, your point, like, I just use the word refreshing. Like, it's, it just feels like they're letting us in. After blocking us out for so long and just trying to have the blinders on, and they know how to deal with it now. They know it's not going to impact their play. Uh, they're allowed to in the situations they're in, or they don't care anymore mm -hmm. in the situations they're in. And so I think that has been really fun to watch and, and cool to watch. And it, makes both guys way more likable, in my opinion. I mean, I did not not like him anyway. Yeah. But I, I just feel like I like this version of Brady way better. Uh, I like this version of Aaron Rodgers way better. I My view on Rodgers before, a little prima donna-ish. Uh, my view on he might still have that, but it's less of a view. I kind of like this Aaron Rodgers now. Uh, my view on Tom Brady, though it was unbelievable, a privilege to watch. But it's just like, I'm tired of you. You're in New England. You're with Belichick. You're with Brady. I don't even care. I don't know you. I don't I don't need to like you that much, all that stuff. Now I'm like, this is the most likable guy. At all. Like, it doesn't bother me to see him break records, wins, all that stuff. Um, 
I really like these two guys, this version of these two guys, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, we always talk about the double standard at the quarterback position. The quarterback's supposed to act a certain way. They have to present themselves a certain way. They have to say these certain things. And you kind of saw that with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. They, they fit the status quo. And when we talk about Aaron Rodgers' career, you know, he always showed you glimpses that he didn't want to be that guy. Whether it was like at a Milwaukee Bucks game, pounding beers. Whether it was, you know, at a press conference wearing the, the exact shirt that the big Le Lebowski wore. Um, like the like the coverall or whatever. Like, he, he always kind of had these glimpses of, like, there's more to Aaron Rodgers than what he's really presenting to everybody. Because it seems like someone's saying, you, you don't, don't do that. That's, that's not, but, you know, you're going to put all the tension on you. And, you know, you'd hear these interviews in the offseason and you'd be entertained by Aaron Rodgers. He did one with Justin Vernon of Bon Iver, which is one of my favorite interviews of all time. So you saw these different glimpses of Aaron Rodgers. And then you saw, you know, Tom Brady go to Tampa Bay and kind of turn it loose a little bit and have fun. And now you see Aaron Rodgers doing the exact same thing. What they have in common, though, is, yes, there's not as much pressure, it seems like, because they are enjoying themselves. They are having fun. They are living in the moment. But in doing that, they're also both playing at a pretty high level right now as well. Yeah, well, that's true, too. I mean, and, and they're still playing at that level. They're, they're enjoyable. They're really enjoyable to watch. I mean, I guess they're also in two areas where it's not like around here. If one of them played for the Titans, I'd probably be miserable watching them, right, if I was a Jags fan. Yeah. <laughs> but they're playing in Tampa in the NFC and, and uh, obviously in Green Bay. Uh, Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here, String Sports Brewery. We've got Jaguars All Access coming up in a bit. We'll pick this game in a moment before Austin gets out of here, and then we'll do some high school football too. We never got to this over the weekend, and, and maybe you guys did while I was away a little bit yesterday. I don't think you did. Do you like the two-point conversion rule in the college we saw the other day? Illinois and um, Penn State. Did you like that? The two-point, um, you know, just letting two-pointers fly all over the place and calling it nine OTs? Yeah. Um, obviously, it made for a, a long game. I kept on switching back and forth with it. Um, it's set up to, you know, protect the players, and so I'm all for that. I guess you just didn't anticipate, you know, two offensive corners that couldn't get the job done. So I don't mind it when it works. That's just the circumstance of it not working going to nine overtimes. Yeah, well, it was a little bit of both. I mean, if you take the first three two-point conversion attempts, and I forget two of them by whoever and one by the other, they had dropped passes. I mean, the plays were there, but, and the passes, just they were flat-out dropped. And, or, or it was like a bad throw or something, whoever you want to put the blame on. But they, the plays were there. And then after that, it was like, what are these guys calling? <laughs> like, I wanted to fire both offensive coordinators. I think initially they were 0 for 8. So... It, it uh, I guess my biggest problem with it, like, I don't necessarily mind the two points, but I don't love the fact that they call it nine OTs. If you're, whatever that game was, Texas A&M and whatever, a couple years back, when it went, I think it was seven overtimes, if you're playing from the 25, most likely to get in the end zone, I would say you're averaging about four to five plays anyway, uh, because you probably pick up a first down, and then you might get in at uh, the, the end zone a couple of plays later uh, on average, or it might take you seven on one and two on the other. Well, this is one play. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you go to you go to nine OTs. Like, I, I just don't think it – I don't think we're describing it correctly. You know, it, it definitely has more of a feel of a hockey shootout mm -hmm. or a soccer, you know, uh, penalty kick shootout, doesn't it? No, for sure. Um, it it kind of does take some of the luster away a little bit when it is just the, the two-point conversions. Um, 
But like, like I said, you know, it's I think it's designed for for player safety, so I'm not mad at that. But like to to say it's nine overtimes, yeah, that that's a little embellished. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I think so. Casey, you're a younger guy. This is like see, I always go to Ty was watching this game. He knew what was coming, and he couldn't wait for it. He was kind of excited about it, and so. I mean, if the younger generation is saying, yeah, we kind of like it, then I always think then they're on to something. Uh, now, I also said this is bad, and, but at the same time, bad equaled good because it was still close, and you were, we, it was almost like watching the, the big wreck, wait, wait for the big one to happen at Daytona, you know? Um, so it had a little bit of that element in it. I wonder what it would look like if you got one really executed to perfection for, like, nine OTs. Uh, what was your take on it, Casey? Um, I'm fine with it, but um, some of us bet on the game that was on after, so I'm going to need you to get off the TV <laughs> or, like, flex it to a different channel. Um, I'm fine with it, but I'm, like, in all seriousness, this is going to sound like a joke, but I am serious. That I think it would be so cool if they did something like PKs in soccer where your field goal kicker, like, you just keep backing up until the other guy doesn't make it. Like, that's oh, my dream OT. What a pressure cooker. Wouldn't that be cool? Like what I, a pressure I, I, I cooker. I like that idea, but the going for two and all that, it – um, I'm fine with it, but just on Saturday I wasn't because, all seriousness, I bet on the next game, so let's go. <laughs> all right, speaking of betting on the game, let's give it to everybody now. Thursday night football tonight on ESPN 690 on Fox 30. It's a good one on paper, Packers and Cardinals. I uh, don't even know what the line is. i got to believe it slid a little bit toward Arizona with all three wide receivers of the uh, Green Bay Packers out Expect a lot of targets for Mercedes Lewis oh, tonight. there's a name. Uh, uh, what do we got, Casey? Yeah, so the situation is thus. Uh, I'll start with the standings. Austin Lane last week, he went under 40 and a half. He hit that. Uh, so that would be 6-1 and one for you. Better believe it. Brent Martineau, uh, Browns to win, 7-0. and oh. And me, I'm just not good at this. Broncos plus one and a half, just not good. I'm four and three. Like I said, not good at this. Um, so the options are this. Um, but by the way, both teams this year, six and one against the spread, I should say that. Um, you can obviously pick the winner. You can go Green Bay plus six and a half or Arizona minus six and a half. And the over-under number is 50 and a half. Casey, I believe you have the honors because you lost last week. Brent and the week is in before. Se- and the week before. So, you, yeah, I mean, this is your game now. Yep. Um, Brent is picking second because he had a higher score than I did in fantasy football. We both what won. We both wow. won. But, yeah, it is what it is. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I like where I'm sitting right now because there's no pressure on me. Yeah, I hate where I'm sitting. So I love where I'm sitting. This is actually a gift as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um... I, I have to pick Arizona because with no wide receivers, um, I can't imagine that this goes well for the Packers, although maybe Aaron Jones will have the coming out party for my fantasy team and really stick it to Brent, get started early with a uh, big performance. But, yeah, I'll take the Cardinals to win outright. Yeah, it should be a heavy dose of Aaron Jones. That's not good for my fantasy team, even though I made a lot of moves today as the GM uh, to activate just about everybody. So get ready, Casey, this weekend. Born ready. We'll be on the lookout for that one. Daniel uh, Jones. So I got six and a half. I could take Cardinals or Packers uh, or 50 and a half. Is that what the number is? Correct. 50 and a half. Uh, this line was five and a half. Um, oh, we've had some good Thursday night football games. I really like Arizona tonight. 50 and a half is a little more difficult. That's an easy over, though. Uh 
I'm going to take undefeated on Thursday. There is a lot of pressure here, but I'm confident. Shot I'm clock violation, Giannis Adekempo, please. No, we're not up on a commercial break yet. Uh, I am going to take, do I like the over or Cardinals better? I'm going to take the uh, Cardinals by a touchdown. Wow. Give me, give me the over. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Arizona can't stop the run. Going to be a big dose of Aaron Jones tonight. Going to be some points getting put up. And by the way, if Brent was going to go with over-under, I was taking Green Bay. Uh, with the points. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. I would have taken the over. Yeah. So, I don't know. I've liked the car. i got to go with my gut. I've liked the Cardinals all all week, even before the news of the receivers. So, uh, six and a half is quite a bit against a team like Green Bay. But I just don't think this is going to live up to the hype. We shall see. Can we get, before I head out, Brent, can we get to the real breaking news right now on Twitter? What, Meta, PETA, well, Michael Yeah, well, it's got to do with Meta. Uh, Sweet, Sweet Baby Ray is the number one <laughs> trending topic right now uh, on, uh, on Twitter. And because, and by the way, th this confirms that Mark Zuckerberg is not a human being, not a right? Chance. Alien or robot, one of those, or lizard, one of those things. But um, as Mark Zuckerberg was announcing, you know, the, the change of the name from Facebook to Meta, if you looked in his back bookshelf, there is just a random, unopened bottle of Sweet Baby Ray's next to some leather-bound books and a picture of his dog just on this shelf. And it makes zero sense. Casey, your thoughts? Yeah, that's why I sent a photo in the group chat. I saw it, and Sweet Baby Ray's, you know, big fan. So, oh, so good. Sweet Baby Ray's is fantastic. So good, so, so that's, good. That's why I had to figure out why it was trending, and then I just see this, and I, I didn't know really what to do with it, so that's why I sent it to you guys. I saw, I waited three minutes on the stream just watching it, and because Brent's delayed. I see him laugh finally, so I know I did well. Okay. I look over at you, you're holding up the phone like, what is this? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what to do with this information, but I thought you guys should know it. I mean, he's not human, right? This, no. This, this, this is classic robot behavior. I mean, it's, it's not open. I'm going to put on bookshelf because this is what happens. Yeah, there's no way. He's, he's smart, man. It's product placement. For what? Well, then turn the label. Does, does, does he have stock in Sweet Baby Rays? Is I there must. stock for Sweet Baby Rays? So, God, there's got to yeah. be. It's probably like he's got like a buddy that says, hey, put something random behind you. And there's probably, if you go back and look at other moments like this, he probably has other things. Mm, um, I don't know. I, has there ever been like a the Zuckerberg thing is really interesting to me, and I I don't I'm not like well read on this, so I'll probably say something stupid. Well, but he, keep, keep in mind, Brad, I have seen the movie The, the, the Social Network, so I know everything about him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he he comes up with this thing that's like takes over the world, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and now it's like I feel like there there's no <laughs> like no bigger villain like. <laughs> Than, than Zuckerberg uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, and by the way, I'm not, like, defending him. If, if, you're, if he is a villain in some way, shape, or form, um, then he probably should be. But yeah. it just feels like this fall from grace, and the guy still looks like he's, like, 18 years old. No, for... You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't So it's like, it's like a weird thing to, to kind of look at the guy and feel like he looks like he's 20, yeah. and yet everybody hates him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's a weird fall from grace for, for him. No, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, he, I don't know. I, I felt like, well, if you know the story with him, he kind of cut out his friend, did his friend dirty, because um, his friend was a big part of Facebook, too. He cut him out of the company, a big, you know, 
lawyer thing ensues. His friend gets paid, but his name's, like, off the heading, whatever the case may be. Okay. Yeah. I just get the sense that Mark Zuckerberg wanted to change the world, and he wanted to put, like, you know, give the power to the people. And then he gave the power to us, and we, we used Facebook how we used it, and then it kind of backfired, and they tried to regulate it, and that, you know, ticked the people even off even more, and then it became out of control, and, and now he's kind of, you know, classified as, as the villain. I don't give him much time a day because, like, if yeah. Facebook went away, I, I, I mean, I, oh, I'm going to not get to see my third-grade teacher's pets anymore on Facebook. What, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I mean, I'm okay. I'll be okay. I know some people won't be okay because some people, their whole life is posting things on Facebook and, and critiquing other people's posts and all this stuff. It's just a, it's a weird world that we live in, man. That's all I'm going to say. Facebook could go away. Just keep the Facebook memories, all right? It's kind of like my uh, see? photo Friends album. addicted. Uh, no, nah, not addicted, but I do like the Facebook memories when they pop up. Yeah. Uh, like like today's Jags-Dolphins game from 2014. Hey, Brent, uh, let me ask you this. If they started charging for Facebook, like maybe like 5 bucks a month, would you pay for that or 10 bucks a month? No. No? No. Okay. I'm not on Facebook or not. Now, Twitter, if they wanted to charge, I probably would. Oh, I'd give we just said that day. in the break. We were talking about that, and yeah. I said uh, I would pay. Yeah, I would. I would probably pay. No uh, price the, too high. But here's my view on Zuckerberg. He He's pr part of the issue with a, a lot of folks I have in this world sometimes. I think he bought way too much into his own bull bleep. Mm. And that's just to bring this whole conversation around for PETA. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> it took me a second, but but now it's registering. Got it. All right. Nice We're making done. a call, by the way, uh, to the arm barn. Barn. You better believe it. We'll be back. Have a good rest of your night, Austin. Take it easy, man. Good luck, and I uh, hope the under hits. Hey, come on now. <laughs> we'll go, back. Pat, go. Action Sports Shags on ESPN 690. I've heard, like, I've heard the same thing. You know, it's super loud. The fans are the fans are super into the game. They're invested in their team. Like, I've heard it's a great place to play. So I've played at a lot of really loud stadiums, but... You know, we're ready for whatever. I think when you're getting ready to play a road game, you're always ready for the max level of noise. So you do everything you can to prepare. And then if you get there and it's not as loud as you think, you can, you know, that's easy to adjust that way. But if you didn't prepare for a loud game and then you can't communicate, it's really hard to last minute get all that in order. So we're going to prepare like we're not going to be able to hear anything. And then going from there, if we can, we'll, we'll adjust, you know, as the game goes. But um, we're definitely preparing for a loud atmosphere. That is Trevor Lawrence. They should be uh, prepared. Probably not wild and crazy. Uh, I was there one time, and the Jags were awful uh, that year. You say, which year is that, Brent? Uh, they were really bad. Got to be more specific. Year. <laughs> yes, that was the 13 year. And it was loud, but it wasn't crazy loud because it was hard for the energy level to get too jacked up because everybody knew the Jags stunk. And I think Seattle beat them like... I don't know what the score was, but it, it was, was a lot to a little. 30s to 10. It was, yeah, it was a lot know? to a little. Do you think there's any payback, by the way, for the uh, the way the Jags fans treated those Seattle players a couple of years ago? One of them tried to climb into the stands. Yeah, that was a, and that was during the Jags' run in 17. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think that's going to be a memory that hangs with the Seahawks. I just do wonder if the energy is a little bit down. Well, listen, I mean, we're being honest. The, the Jags don't bring a ton of energy to an opposing stadium. Um, at this, especially when you're not that good, when you're one in five, I mean, that's just being, that's what it is. And right now, I'm not sure there's a lot of energy buzzing in Seattle. Now, we're not out there, but, and you'll be out there this weekend, Stuart Weber, but 
I mean, they're two and five. They've lost three in a row. There's really not that much excitement. Uh, they're not that good. Russell Wilson's not playing. So I just don't uh, – listen, it'll be loud at times. I just don't think it will be like it can be. Uh, like, I think going to Arrowhead right now is probably louder than Seattle in a big-time way, and even though they're only three and four. Uh, so I don't think they'll get that kind of atmosphere. Although I am interested to see – he's done so well at the line of scrimmage, Trevor Lawrence has – that I'm interested in that atmosphere, how he handles it, how he does it at this level. He's played in big atmospheres, loud stadiums, but he might not have had to do as much at the line of scrimmage at Clemson that he has to do now. So uh, that'll be something for you to watch, Stuart Weber, when you make the trip to Seattle. Should I be doing something? I was going to say, will it be louder on Sunday afternoon when I'm there for the Jags game, or will it be louder Monday night when I go back to the stadium to see the Seattle Sounders take on the L.A. Galaxy? How much do they get for the Sounders? Game? Like 40. And how, what, so it's like, so it's... They don't do the upper deck. They the don't NFL? do like the upper deck there. Yeah, so I, I'm... What do you think? I mean, I'm telling you, probably closer than you think. Yeah, closer than Because I just I don't think. think there's a vibe out there right now uh, with the Seahawks team. And, and they're, they're not going to play a style of ball that's probably going to be kind of going to bring the crowd into it that much. Uh, not going to create a lot of turnovers, most likely. Not going to have these huge plays. I mean, they had the big one at DK Metcalf. Maybe Metcalf can do that against the secondary. It'll be. Inter- I'll, I'll be interested to get your take on the feel of that stadium. I'm still very uh, much looking forward to it. Oh, it's a great play. Yeah. Listen, that was coupled. And we're going to bring Kevin Sullivan there in a moment. But that was coupled. Uh, that was a week-long trip when I went. It was. We stayed out in Oakland. Played the Raiders. Again, the Jags were just awful that year. But they uh, st- played the Raiders. We stayed out there for a week and then went up to Seattle like normal time, like uh, 24 hours before the game. And, and so I only got 24, 36 hours in Seattle, and I was like, I want to go back. I want to go back. This is a cool place. I uh, just didn't spend a lot of time there. And I also just don't think we got the full effect of what that place could sound like. I think you might say the same coming off this Sunday. Be like, yeah, it was cool, but I wonder what it's like in a playoff game. You yeah, know? I was thinking the same thing, which is why I took the extra day to, uh, to go see a little bit more of the city. Yeah, that's cool, and that's a, that's a good um, good plan on your part. Let's bring in Kevin Sullivan, our Hall of Fame coach, been hanging around. Sorry, Coach, we'll get to high school no, eventually. You're good. Yeah, uh, you're good. Hey, I, I, I think you'd be good on this, though. How When you watch an NFL game, obviously, you know, like the quarterback stuff in high school sometimes actually drives me nuts. I've always been this. Uh, I, the Bulls people used to get really mad at me when I said this because I would be like, I don't understand why your quarterback runs all the way to the sideline. I just don't get it. <laughs> like, I, 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 like, why tire the – I mean, you're tiring the guy out, aren't you? Um, right, right. I, I, I don't understand it. But, listen, it worked for Bulls and Corky Rogers and everybody forever. I understand that part. Uh, but the, the bottom line is there's a different level – at high school that you're going to ask your quarterback to remember, do at the line of scrimmage. In college, right. there's another level of it. Well, in the NFL, there's a real level of it, right? I mean, Drew Brees was talking about it Monday in that Manning cast. Like, you know, when he got – he didn't do it in San Diego in his early years, but when he got to New Orleans, he was the guy calling the Mike linebacker out and making all right. the, the protection calls and stuff. So when you watch a game, can you see that at every level, like how much the, the quarterback's responsibility changes? Um, again, I don't even know if high school counts in this conversation, but maybe college to the end. NFL? Well, I think there's some high school guys that do a good job that have been around in their system a long time. Um, really? You know, we I had a couple of guys that could I could go in there and say, hey, we're going to go, you know, inside zone check, and if they give us the inside zone, we run it. If not, he checks out, and we go to quick game, or maybe we went to an outside run, depending on what we were playing that week. So uh, there's a lot of guys that run these check with me's on a high school level. College, it's a, I think it's a, a a lot more involved. I think they give those guys a little bit more uh, 
more play once they get in and can handle it. You know, I, I don't think uh, Caleb Williams, when he came in that first game, could check out of every play that he had. You know what I mean? That yeah, kid yeah. in Oklahoma that came in as, you know, five games in the season hadn't really had any meaningful starts. But I think as they go, I, I guarantee you Trevor called plays at Clemson. I guarantee you they let him check things and move guys around and stuff. Then the NFL, like you said, completely different because they could go from they could go from the run-pass combo completely change the play because they gave him something different they didn't think they were going to see and then he's changing the play completely so yeah so I, I don't know um you know as they get on like like brady and manning and those guys those guys oh, coach yeah. themselves you know Absolutely. That. they've been around yeah. you can't see you i bet you can't give tom brady something he hadn't seen in 20 something years in the nfl yeah, the game's you know so I mean? slow for him. And I thought it was yeah. interesting what Breeze said, actually. He's like, listen, he's like, I'd feel lost if I didn't make those calls because I've just been doing it for so long. I want to make the call. It's part of my process of getting right. the ball snapped. And I thought that was interesting. I, I, I think uh, Trevor will get more and more of that as he goes along. But really, just to put a bow on the point, I'm interested to see in a loud place, he's done so well with really no delay games they've lined up well ever since the houston game he looks like he's got command of this offense at least what they're asking him to do so be interesting to see how he handles that atmosphere if it does kind of uh get loud it will get loud it's just a matter of how loud uh it gets yeah. Brent no kevin sullivan the hall of fame coach joins us uh, each and every week talking high school football blitz scoreboard show comes up tomorrow Stuart weber along here as well because we've got a thursday night edition of the blitz tonight 11 20 on cbs 47 all right weber give us some of the blockbusters here on thursday as we know duval County, most of Duval County plays uh, because of security reasons for Florida Georgia week. Uh, they'll play on Thursday night, so we've got a lot of games tonight. You say security reasons. Essentially, they need so much security for all the other things that happen with Florida Georgia that they play the games on Thursday, so they have some actual people that they could bring in and do security for the games. Yeah. Uh, to, to make that make a little more sense. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> we absolutely love it, though, in, in high school football because. You know, it gives us on Friday a chance to get to some places we wouldn't normally get to. And on Friday, we get a bunch of these Duval County public school games. Tonight, we have 10 games on the docket, eight public schools and two of the private schools in Duval County having some games tonight as well. And some of them are pretty meaningful. Now, the two biggest games of the week, in my opinion, are the two district championship games on Friday night. That's Clay on the road at North Marion, St. Augustine hosting Gainesville. But we'll get to that tomorrow. Tonight, you got some really big RPI games. And when we talk about the RPI, all those teams that don't win a district championship, the way you get in is based off this rating point index, this RPI, where they have taken your schedule, your strength of schedule, your opponent's strength of schedule, your wins, your losses. So many of these factors all put into a number. It gets spit out. And then you get your four district champs make it in, and then your next best four RPIs make it in. So create some pretty intriguing stuff. One of the big ones tonight, Parker and Ed White. That game over at the commander's home field. And Ed White obviously lost that de facto district championship game to Baker County. So they now sit fourth in the region. They're in pretty good shape if you're looking at the points, is Ed White. As for Parker, they sit seventh in their region. So remember, that cutoff line is usually eighth. I say usually because if you get some upsets and some lower-ranked district champions, well, that number and that bubble kind of floats up a little bit sometimes. So sometimes being eighth isn't always the best, so you want to get as high as you can in those RPI rankings. Parker, Ed White, the biggest game that I'm keeping an eye on tonight. All right. Uh, yeah. Coach, uh, how about you? Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I feel the same way because going in now, the uh, the Clay North Marion, to me, the, the loser's out. They're basically in a playoff yep. game tonight because the RPI is not high enough in 5A, so they're out. 
And then when you get the Ed White, Terry Parker, um, you know, Parker finishes the season, so they're done. So where they finish tonight, whatever they – if they win, they could leapfrog Ed White. If they lose, they could drop down to like a seventh place, and Bishop Kenny could jump them. Because Kenny basically goes packs in the night in Episcopal next week, two games – possibly could win both games and they're sitting pretty right then so to me uh clay or north marion's out and and it just depends on now do we have a rematch of of uh of uh those guys finishing uh four and five in the rpi or do we not have a rematch you see what i mean so it, it, it's going to be interesting because you're going to end up having four teams from their district make the 5a playoffs uh, Kevin Sullivan, Stuart Weber, crunching numbers, this RPI. Uh, Weber, you, you gave us a sheet, or me a sheet, uh, had some Christmas decorations on it, it looks like, uh, and folks that are in good position in the RPI. But there are a lot of bubble teams. I mean, as we look at this weekend from Nice and Fleming Island, uh, St. Augustine, Gainesville, and I know not all this is tonight, but I look at a team like West Nassau, like right on the edge there. So, I mean, there's a lot to play for in, in this week in these next couple of days and, and going into the uh, playoffs. You say Christmas, by the way, for our listeners on the sheet. I put a green ranking number if you're on the good side of the bubble and a red ranking number if you're on the bad <laughs> side of the bubble. So green and red, Christmas, to make that make a little more sense for the listeners out there. Thank you. That's what you're here to do. That's today. what I'm here that to do, you know, paint, paint the picture for the folks at home. Uh, I'll get to that 7A district in a second, that region, region 1 in 7A, which is just bananas. But yep. before that, two other big games I want to mention that are going on tonight. You got Columbia and Reigns. They don't have to worry about it. Both of them are district champs. Yep. But that makes for an intriguing matchup as well tonight where you have two really good teams. A little iron sharpens iron before the playoffs matchup tonight. That one will be at the graveyard. And, heck, Reigns played five days ago. That's, that's the wild thing of the schedule when you're talking about, you know, the Northwest Classic on a Saturday afternoon. Then you got to turn around and play a Thursday nighter against Columbia. So uh, good luck to Coach Maslin and his uh, Vikings because that is a tough task to turn around and do that. Another game I want to mention tonight is Orange Park at Englewood. And, you know, you have documented and you've been to a couple Englewood games just the turnaround that the Rams have been on this year. Well, they are 4-4 four and four going into this game tonight uh, against Orange Park. A win gives them a 2-2 two and two record in the district gets them to five and four and more than likely gets them a winning record for the season because they finished with Wolfson. So you have a good chance to go six and four as an Englewood team that let's face it, they have not been six and four in a long, long time. They've not had a winning record in I think almost two decades. So like that is huge for Coach Harbison and that team to have something big to play for at the end of the year and build momentum for that program. So definitely one I'll keep an eye on tonight with Orange Park and Anglewood, and I mentioned that 7A region. Well, I did a, a little a little number crunching, looked at the stats. Here's how the the region rankings go. In sixth, you got Atlantic Coast. In seventh, you have Nice. In eighth, you have Fleming Island. And in ninth, you have Fletcher. By the way, Pontevedra 12th. They're right there as well. But take those first four schools. Fletcher's the lowest ranked out of the four of them. They're the one that's guaranteed a spot in the postseason because they've already won the district. Right. So that's one spot already in which means that bubble moves from 8th up to 7th now just because the ninth-ranked team's already in. These four teams are separated by three thousandths of a point in the RPI. Wow. Three thousandths of a point, and their records are all almost identical, 5-3, five 5-3, and 5-3, five and 4-4. Five and four and four. So huge games these last two weeks for all those teams. And, heck, if you're Ponte Vedra and you beat Fletcher this week, tomorrow night, 
that moves you right into this picture as well. You still have a chance if you're Pontevedra. You're three and five right now, but a win over the district champion Fletcher team is going to bump you up quite a bit and give you a chance to compete with those other teams in your district for those RPI spots. So it's a lot of really intriguing matchups, and that thing is going to go down to the wire in the final week of the regular season. Coach, you like that yep. if you're these schools, right? Yeah, well, one of those, you know, you got Fleming and uh, you got Fleming and Nice playing tomorrow night. So yeah. to me, that's gonna that's the game that could be an elimination game with them too. Nice finishes with uh, Fleming finishes with Oakleaf week ten, and then Nice finishes with Westside week ten. So and then Atlantic Coast, they've got uh, First Coast tonight who doesn't have a win. So if they win tonight, that hurts their RPI because they're playing a team that doesn't have a win, and then they finish with UC, which is a pretty good formidable task so one of those teams may get eliminated because Fletcher will be the four seed because they'll be the lowest district champion with the lowest RPI so they'll be the four seed and now you got three teams fighting for that other spot with a possible dark horse of Pontevedra sneaking in Wow, you guys have the calculators out. We got to get out of here so we can take one more break but Kevin Sullivan Stewart well, all right I appreciate, appreciate all all. The, uh, the high school football all right, we'll do it again tomorrow, coach all right, all right we'll I'll do see it again you. all right but I tell you what, too, the one quick thought here is, like, they wanted to make this right for teams that had, like, two wins wouldn't get in by being a district runner-up. That was the first mission of what they did to change. I'm not sure they – I knew they th I thought that this could potentially happen. What they've added is a ton of intrigue late in the year. Oh, yeah. Y you know? And, and I mean, it's kind of hard to follow with all the calculations. you got to really follow it. But it adds a, a lot of intrigue, and uh, nothing wrong with that in the high school season. And by the way, Stuart, I'll say this, keeps a lot of teams alive, too. I mean, you know, no way two week, three weeks ago we thought Pontevedra might still have a chance. Yeah, that's a perfect example. I mean, they're one and three in the district, three and five overall, but they are right there in that RPI. And the one thing I don't like about the RPI is that I can't, I can't do it. Like, I can't calculate it on my own. The, yeah, I remember a few years true. ago, we were able to do the math with their point system, and we could figure it out that night who was going to make it and who wasn't. This, we're going to have to wait until they'll have some awful long selection show that we're going to have to sit through, and it's going to be, ugh, anyhow. Yeah, um, and by the way, who's checking their math, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> so so there, is, there is that side of it. But you mentioned this changing the, the way it works for some teams to make sure they get in. A great example of that is the Jackson Tigers, who got bumped by a winless team a couple years ago because of their yeah. point system. Well, Jackson right now fourth in their region, and top six make it in the lower classification. So really good shape for Jackson to make the playoffs under Coach Christopher Foy, which is just awesome for them considering how that RPI, that system a few years ago, really uh, took a toll on them. All right, Weber, thanks for making it make sense. We'll see you on the Blitz tonight, 11-20 uh, on CBS 47 uh, with some of the high school action. We're going to take a quick timeout. We come back. Brett buys a beer. We put a bow on the show from Spring Sports Brewery in Springfield. Only a couple minutes left. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz, Brent Martineau. Brent, I asked you to bring it back because we had a request on YouTube. I know you didn't see it. So I'm putting you on the spot with uh, no real background or history. I know you have to buy a beer, so we're going to do this quick. Our guy, Miles, he said, enjoying the show. Who you got tonight? USF, ECU. So I know, you're, I know you know what's up with those two teams, so uh, why don't you tell me what's going to happen in that one? Thanks for putting me on the spot. No problem. Uh, I don't feel like you – you said USF? South Florida Bulls. Yeah, I don't think they've been very good. What? It has uh, not been a great season for the Bulls, sure. But, I don't uh, think East Carolina is as strong as they have been in recent years, if I'm not mistaken. Also correct. Um, 
So where is the game? East Carolina? That would be correct. I'll go with East Carolina. I, I, I got to disagree with you here, Brent. You know, the Bulls, I, I thought I was going to go to college there for a minute. They didn't let me in. That's okay. Uh, have not, we're not playing good at the start of the season. Uh, they played Tulsa tough. They only lost by one. Uh, they just beat Temple. The spread is pretty large if you're interested in that. It's nine and a half. I'd give USF plus nine and a half. Um, and I think they could win the game outright, but I might be a little biased. So, Miles, that's for you, man. Brent, um, buy right. some beer. It's, uh, yeah, Brent buys a beer from String Sports Brewery here in Springfield each and every week on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. If you have not redeemed your beverage yet, you need to get here within a month of me buying a beer. Uh, I don't even know if Logan Bowles did or not. I think I think I saw his name off the board, so maybe he did. But um, this week it's going to be that stat boy. I don't even know if he's been listening lately or not. Used to listen. So uh, we're going to Give him a nod. He used to deliver some really good stats for us early in the show. That makes uh, sense. Years. And, yeah, it did. Uh, so that's that, boy. Brent buys a beer. Spring Sports Brewery got a month to redeem it. What's the date today? 28. Uh, uh, right. So make sure you come on down. And uh, come on out on the Thursday. Each and every Thursday we have Jaguars All Access. Uh, that is coming up. At 7 o'clock on Fox 30, and uh, we do our show here 3 to 6 on Thursdays as well, preceding Jaguars All Access, String Sports Brewery here in Springfield. Tomorrow it's a foot scoreboard show, 9 o'clock, of course, uh, brought to you by UNF Ospreys and Baker Sports, and we've got a ton of stuff over the next few days, and that includes tonight, Thursday Night Football, Arizona and Green Bay on ESPN 690. You can also watch that game on Fox 30. I think that's going to do it, Casey. That's it, man. We're done. Beat Extreme Wing Sports Grill tomorrow out there at Roosevelt Boulevard, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Talk more Florida, Georgia. We got our picks, everything else. So uh, a busy, busy weekend, a fun weekend here in Jacksonville. Hope you have a good rest of your Thursday night and hope you can tune in to Jaguars All Access coming up at 7 o'clock on Fox 30. We'll be back at it tomorrow at 3 on ESPN 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 